Welcome to the Ecclesia Podcast. Join us as we engage in conversations about what it means to be the church in this age. We believe God is calling the church into a different mode of being, living beyond the status quo. Hello and welcome to the KGF Podcast, Ecclesia, a look at the local church. My name is Marissa and I'm the kids director here. And with me, I have Ian Sharp, uh, who's also connected with our church. Um, Ian, how about you introduce yourself a little bit, what uh, your job may be and kind of how you're coming alongside KGF in this? Sure. So, uh, yeah, um, I've been going to KGF for about six years, maybe actually no longer, seven years. Uh, I'm a high school math science teacher at Kelowna Christian School, and I have a real passion for helping people connect their faith with their everyday living. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of my drive. <laughs> Which is perfect because today we're going to be talking about pretty much the church on mission. And yeah, Ian, I just love your heart. We've had a, we had a conversation a few days ago uh, around um, mission and church, and it was a two-hour conversation. So I'm excited to, to mm-hmm. see what, what comes out of our conversation today. And I figured I would start with a simple question of, Ian, why do you go to church? Yeah, so... I would probably say um, that the the answer to that question has been been an evolving one. Uh, I can relate to reasons that I think a lot of people could relate to why they go to church, which is, you know, your friends are there. It's something that you do on Sunday. You want your kids to uh, participate with some of the great functions that happen here. Uh, It feels like a loving environment. Um, I think all of those things... uh, you know, uh, to some degree are still my reasons for coming to church. But I think to be, you know, a little bit of a deeper hope or deeper reason is that I I hope to be able to journey with people as they help me uh, connect my faith to my life and how I'm supposed to address problems within my life that Mm -hmm. are meaningful to me. Mm -hmm. And I want to fix them uh, from a faith perspective. I want to be informed by my faith and uh, I want to figure out how I'm supposed to take action to the problems that I face in my life. Hmm. And I like doing that here. Hmm. There, there seems to be um, a lot of re- reorientating for you hmm. in terms of, you know, these are, these are the good, some of the good reasons why we go to church. But there's, you know, there's a evolving that needs to happen as we move um, through our faith and with the church of why we come to church. Does that make sense? Yeah, so the initial reasons that I gave, I could give those reasons for uh, being a part of a great company or a great organization. They're, mm-hmm. they're you know, places where people can feel loved and cared for and they've got great programs to offer. Ultimately, I come to church because we talk about um, my faith, mm-hmm. uh, which is really quite an, in, um, it's an invisible thing. Uh, but we want to make it visible. And we want to make it visible in our lives. And, and, and making that connection, uh, that's not an easy process. No. Uh, and so one of the things that, you know, I can kind of take to is that when I, I remember uh, growing up in the church in the 90s and the 80s. And one of the things, and even the early 2000s, and one of the things that I was really drawn to, and I think the church was drawn to, um, was apologetics and the need to defend the existence of God as if, you know, that, that was their mandate. Mm. Um, but I would like to suggest that that 
although that's interesting and, and I think that there's a there's many people that one could say have a problem with whether or not is there a God is there not and that's important to them there's it's so much bigger than just that um, realistically the church is set up to help people connect their faith with their life okay so let's say that I do believe in God so that's not my problem um, my problem is how is God relevant in my life Mm-hmm. What does it really matter? Um, does he really care about uh, the things that I get upset about? So, for example, if I find it very stressful that um, the way people think about me, I'm really anxious about that. Is that just a problem that I'm supposed to figure out on my own, or does my faith have something to say about that? Um, that well, that's that's not something I'm supposed to go through by myself. Uh, I'd like to uh, go to church and I would like to hear from other people who have their faith and are going through that. Um, And I would like the church to press into my problem. Mm. And what I mean by that is, uh, you know, to speak a little bit to this COVID, um, I think that there's a real challenge to the church to get away from, let's come to church and listen to somebody talk for 30 minutes. and then at the end of the 30 minutes, they give it a challenge. And that challenge, you know, for five minutes or whatever, it's kind of a machine gun. It's like maybe you'll get challenged and maybe you won't. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's really generic, general challenges that mm-hmm. I can take. Um, and sometimes they hit home because... And you can take and interpret for yourself. Yeah, and right? so sometimes they hit <laughs> yeah. home because I'm like, oh, that is actually, that is applicable to the thing I'm going through. Mm-hmm. But oftentimes, it's just not applicable to what I'm going through. Yeah. I might just say, well, that was good theology. That was a good set of beliefs. That was good apologetics. Mm-hmm. But I won't, I won't necessarily identify with anything being said as helpful for navigating the thing I'm dealing with. Mm-hmm. And what I, what I hope for church to kind of morph into is more personalized church, where people have, um, you know, I'm going to sit down here and I'm going through my set of struggles and issues, which are not necessarily the same as yours, but we both have a faith and we both want to know how that faith links up with what we are going through. Mm. Um, and so I, it would be really great if there was more of a, a, a process where pastors are pastoring, mm-hmm. uh, which I think they are feeling called to and, and want to, People are pastoring mm-hmm. uh, each other uh, that are going through similar experiences and helping one another navigate what it means to be a Christian and deal with anorexia, deal mm-hmm. with anxiety, deal with the death of my mother or my father, deal with this particular addiction, deal with, and on and on the list goes. These are all problems that people find very meaningful, and they're coming looking for answers mm-hmm. for those problems. Yeah. Do you think they're finding them? Or is it, or is there the sense of we're feeling that sense of there's a missing piece or there's a length that we can go even further? Um, because it's, I think what you're talking about is the sense of we come to church and, and it's more passive. We, mm. we listen and we engage to a certain extent and we're trying to find the peace for us. And there's a difference between the passive and the active mm-hmm. and there there just seems to be an extra call of what it means to take what we're learning and engage with not only ourselves, but with one another in the midst of that, which can sometimes be lost if we're just coming to church to, to listen and go, that's a good challenge, and then walk away. Mm-hmm. Um, is there, 
is there more that people are are searching for in the midst of this? Well, um, to be able to make the connections between uh, what is being said and going into my life, I think you really do have to consider the fact that you've got to participate. You've got to step into it. And, and you know, you've used that word active listening. And as a teacher, <laughs> I can attest to the difference between a passive listener and an active listener. You and can really the, tell the difference. I can tell the difference. <laughs> and really, it isn't just listening to me, but it's actually uh, reiterating what I said and then providing an example or link to how that connects to your life. Mm. And based on um, what I said, uh, you develop a plan of action. Uh, what are you going to do? Who are you going to talk to? How are you going to think differently? How is this going to impact your life? Uh, what does that look like? Um, so for someone to sit down into a conversation, and for me, let's say I'm the person teaching, and I, and I understand that I need to coach them or pass to them through this process where um, we're identifying what their problem is, we're linking that problem to their faith, saying, well, what does the Bible say about it? What do people of faith say about it? Um, and then based on that, what are you going to do differently? Um, how are you going to carry out your life differently? And then going through a process of, so what worked in that? What didn't work in that? What advice would you give to someone else in the church that goes through that? Um, and what you're, what's happening here is you're going through a process of growth. Mm -hmm. People are connecting their faith with their everyday problems, and they're growing in maturity as to how to handle those things. And so I, I really think church is, um, needs to move to a, much more of a pragmatic approach for people as they come, because one of the things that we're, we're witnessing is um, a passive culture, a passive culture of listeners leaving the church. Mm -hmm. And they're leaving the church because they're saying church isn't relevant. Mm -hmm. um, and we have concentrated our efforts um, on kind of a, an explanatory type model where we get to the front, we explain to you um, what the gospel is and that we leave it there. But but what about the exploring of what the gospel means in mm -hmm. my life? Mm -hmm. That part, I think we've tried to answer that with small groups and doing it from that era. And I think that that was very effective and lots of pastors have demonstrated that to be really effective. I just would like to see it happen more. And I would like to see the congregation members coming um, with an expectation that church is about helping me personalize the gospel in my life mm. and pastors uh, feeling like that's what's expected of them mm. as well. You know, a little bit of a change yeah. of culture from mm -hmm. being a passive culture to an active culture. Yeah, there's there's this just sense of movement that seems to be a lot of your vernacular right now. Of, mm. You know, you can't, you can't just sit here and go, I'm going to be able to grow and mature just by sitting here. It's, it's the oh wait, I actually need to be aware of all aspects of my life. Um, I was actually listening to a, a radio station the other day and they were talking about um, holistic health. And they talked about physical health, they talked about mental and emotional, um, and they left out spiritual. And I was like, interesting. There seems to be a disconnect, kind of both ways, in, a, in so many ways, of that we don't, there seems to be no bridge between spiritual and the rest of the world. 
for both sides. Not saying that they're sides, but that's kind of how it felt in that moment as, as I was listening. And um, yeah, I just, I'm curious of, of your thoughts of what, um, what would it look like to be even more on mission of what you're mm. talking about? Mm. Um, kind of an what I was thinking is like, I think people just need to be more creative. There seems to be a lot, like, as a children's director, I get to experience and witness wonder and creativity in children, and as I I kind of move around, there seems to be a loss of that, Mm. and that's kind of my heart grieving, it's like, and what these hubs, and the hope of what these hubs will be is to inspire creativity, Mm. Um, but yeah, that's just kind of my thought of, like, how do we pre- give creativity to this yeah do you think yeah and uh that's very very good yeah i like that (laughs) so to use a little bit of uh a little bit of theology to this is that um that this process of exploration that the spirit of god guides us through actually leads to the manifestation of his presence in the individual worlds that we occupy so there's actually like this incredibly beautiful thing that occurs uh, to it. I think that people would say that, um, and I've heard I've heard I've heard people who would consider themselves not religious but spiritual. They would they would say I'm spiritual because I acknowledge the beauty of spirituality. Like mm-hmm. I think there's something beautiful to it. Um, I'm not really sure. Oftentimes when I hear that, what they quite mean by that, whether they're referring to how that manifests itself in their own life or whether Mm -hmm. they just are saying well I kind of I see the beautiful rituals that the church does and those things are very beautiful interesting um but what I what I would propose is I is that I would say that a great question to start with is uh so so I'm saved so what (laughs) (laughs) I mean it's an interesting thing because I remember as a child saying well so what it means I'm going to heaven that Mm. that what that's what and the rest of my life was essentially telling other people that good news so they too could go to heaven with me there wasn't really so what it wasn't like well what about my life what what do I end up doing with my life what does that look like Uh, there wasn't really an answer to that and so what has occurred has been that Let's just take nurses, for example. There are Christian nurses and non-Christian nurses. So what's the difference? Uh, Well, you would think that there actually is a difference, that a Christian nurse would respond differently Mm -hmm. because she is Christian or he is Christian uh, to their circumstances, and that that Christian nurse would grow and mature um, in understanding what it means for her to connect her faith to being a nurse. So she would give a creative response uh, to her faith through being a nurse. And in, in her maturity, she would actually be able to turn around and she would then be able to, learning from her experiences, be able to help mentor other nurses who are Christians, who are learning what that looks like. And in so doing, they manifest the presence of God into the practice of nursing. Mm-hmm which is very beautiful and in fact not only for them but for their patients and those around them as they share that story of what that looks like 
But I'm going to say that a pastor who comes up and speaks for 30 minutes has never been a nurse, is not equipped to help them explore that area <laughs> like they are. And so what I mean by active listening and creating a church culture which engages this kind of level is it's empowering people to connect with one another on problems and uh, that they care about mm -hmm. and to um, work together to find good answers for those problems and I mean let's be honest evangelicalism doesn't provide necessarily a lot of pragmatic answers right now to a lot of areas of life no. because it really hasn't engaged much in this exploration process mm. And instead, it's, it's unfortunate, but it's referred more to secular sacred. So nursing is like a secular kind of position. It's really not to do with spirituality, if right. you will. And so because of that, we just haven't applied any answers. We've just said that's the way of the world. But in reality, it's God's world, all of it. And mm -hmm. I do love that about the Reformed tradition. I really think they acknowledge it. Um, and they're willing to engage with, you know, let's start to think about some answers. But um, I, I don't think that, of course, just lim is limited to the reform <laughs> tradition. That's a Christian response. Well, what does mm. it mean for me uh, to be missional? And so to the point of your mission, mm. being missional means to manifest the beauty of God in the world you occupy. And so sometimes we think being missional means to tell people about Jesus you know, kind of a maybe a soapbox kind of form. To be missional means to be Mother Teresa. Mm. Uh, we, be, to be missional means to be Billy Graham. And what we do is redu we reduce being missional to just a few templates, to just a few ideas. And yeah, well, it's difficult too because, you know, there is literally the job of being a missionary where you mm -hmm. go. And so that, like, that often puts it in a box. And so we've, we put ourselves in a box in so many ways. And to kind of reframe and reorientate, as we were kind of talking at the beginning of, you know, we actually have to be in mind that we're all called on mm. mission to, and essentially we're being missionaries. Yeah, we're <laughs> being missionaries. And only we can be missionaries within the world uh, that we occupy. So I'll say to my students, I'm not a 16-year-old girl. Now, I'm a 41-year-old man of three, yeah, shocking, of three kids. And so for me, I'm equipped to actually be within my world to be a missionary. Mm -hmm. And so what does it look like for me as a 41-year-old man to be a father of these three children? How, do I, how am I a missionary with them? And, and what that means is how do I bring the presence of God into my world? Because when we talk about mission, what we're really referring to is we're saying God is ascending God. Why does he send us? because he goes with us. <laughs> he, he basically is saying, I want you to be my image bearer. I want you to bear my image into that world. So I'm sending you into the world to bear the image of me in it. And so unless we start to make decisions that are inspired by who he is, which is mm. basically connecting our decisions with our faith, then we won't see God in our worlds. And so being a missionary is extraordinarily simple. Mm. Um, but at the same time, it's a very disarming task. <laughs> yeah. You lose power because you are now subjugating your decisions and your behaviors to who God is. And you're taking that into your world. Mm. And so for me, for example, just sometimes people will, I don't know, sometimes I get accused of saying you're not being direct enough with your missionary ideas. Like, 
you're not telling people to go tell them about Jesus. And it's quite funny because for me, when I was in grade 11, I went to a public school. I invited all my friends out to church and I like told them about the gospel. You know, that was me. If you yeah. talk to me long enough, get to know me long enough, you'll know I love theology and I love talking about Jesus and I love directly talking about church and all of this good stuff. Mm-hmm. And so it's not, I don't, I, don't, I don't struggle with shame, if you will, or all of those things, but that's me. Mm. That's not you. No. <laughs> and so for, for, for everyone to, to continually say, well, you should be me, well, that's ridiculous. Mm. Or you should be Billy Graham, and every one of you should be. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, but I think we get that because we, that comes out of a culture where somebody gets up at the front and then gives us a few examples of what it means to be a Christian. Mm. And we just take that. We haven't been asked, what does it mean for you to be a Christian? That very disarming process. Right. And we haven't been coached necessarily into what that looks like by others. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's very, um, a great point because, even just for me growing up, I was never an outspoken child. I barely, like I had a small group of friends and the challenge to go out and soapbox, kind of invite all of your friends. I was like, I invited one or two, (laughs) but it was the, I knew that it would, it had to be a relationship that I had to walk alongside my friends and that they weren't going to really understand who God was until like they saw how God lived in my life and how much I loved him and how much I knew he loved me. And, you know, there was a sense of shame that came alongside of that. And not to say that that was, that's, that's, it's not bad. Like it's like to be able to invite and be um, like outspoken in that way is great, but it wasn't me, mm. but I always felt like I had to be. Mm. And um, to realize that I was just gifted differently that I was relation, like I was just long-term relationship, and the things that came out of that were great, and I was able to to dive along on, alongside friends as they were in pain or grieving. Um, I was awakened to that as I was older, as I had more language around faith and mission, and to be able to put into practice those things and realize that there was a tie, there was no difference between who I was and my work and my faith. Um, which is awesome. Like, I just love how it, when you can realize, when you, when you can be awakened to all those things, how amazing that is. And to feel freedom that you're not pushing against a wall that, or pushing against a door that's not one for you to open. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I find mm-hmm. mission that way so beautiful. Mm-hmm. And, and that's kind of what our, like, that's part of our, our vision statement um, for our church is to be awakened and equipped into um, the unique calling that God has for us. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. to hear you kind of talk like that, it's like, oh, right. It's not, it wasn't ever for me. There's challenge, like there's always space to, for you to grow. Mm-hmm. But it's like, ah, I am strong. I was created for a purpose here as well. And that, you know, I don't have to be Ian. I can be Marissa. Don't be me. Yeah. You know, I am not a dad of three. Of me, believe me. <laughs> but he would say that. Yeah. And one yeah. of you. Yeah. And that's, that's, the, that's the truth. And, and so by us stepping into who we are in Christ, mm. um, we individually manifest who he is in only the way that we can. And that's, that's just a remarkable, beautiful thing about about. Uh, 
who we are. So I, I would implore, like, the church needs to continue to help people explore what that looks like. Hmm. I think that's great. I think yeah. that's amazing. Yeah. Oh, man, there's just so, there's so much we could dive into here. Um, Ian, I love your heart. I love your heart for mission. And for those listening, if you ever want to have a conversation with Ian, <laughs> like you could, you could talk for hours and just be so encouraged and at the same time challenged in a way that's particular to you. Um, and so, yeah, I've, I've thoroughly enjoyed this. And listeners, just so you know that we're, um, we're still having this conversation around hubs. And if you want to be a part of this, if you want to, we invite you. We're having KGF in conversation. The next one is July 28th. And we're also having a couple more in August. So if you want to keep an eye out on the newsletter for that, that would be great. Um, and yeah, so just, just sit here in this moment of what it means to be on mission for you um, and for the community that you're in. And to, to know that you were created for a purpose. You know, we're called to make disciples, but what does that look like for you? Um, yeah. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for joining us on this episode. If you've enjoyed this podcast, help us reach even more people by leaving a review, like, or share on your favorite platform. If you have any questions or comments, email us at podcast at kgfchurch.com.